Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, I'm going to say a dirty word right now. Uh, It's not the kind of word that you assume is a dirty word, but it's a dirty word nevertheless to a lot of us, and that word is authority. It's a dirty word because we're basically raised to resent it. It gets in the very nature of our fiber as a nation. What do you mean by that, George? Well, I mean, think about it. We had a revolution. For what reason? We didn't like the authority. And, and even when you, like, you look around at the stuff today, I mean, how do I know that we've got a problem with it? Just, just think about it. Nobody likes being told what to do, do you? You know what I'm saying? We, we don't like that at all. And, and that's, that's really the core fiber of who we are as Americans. We don't like authority. And in a way, it's a dirty word, isn't it? Because we don't like it. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, it's not just because we're Americans, it's because we're human. We're rebellious humans. We're sinners. And we sinned against God who has the ultimate authority. And so when we look at this passage now, we're in this earthwalk study going through the last part of the Gospel of Luke, looking at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He's in Jerusalem. It's the final week. He's just cleansed the temple. So he's got some people who are really ticked off. It's the leaders. It's the chief priests. It's the scribes. They're, they're kind of wondering, who do you think you are doing this? And that question kind of rings through the ages to us today. Because when you talk about God, and you talk about Jesus Christ, and you talk about what he taught, and what he says, and what he demands, that is a natural question that rises up in our hearts. Who do you think you are telling me this? Telling me to do this? It comes down to a question of authority. A question of authority. And whether or not Jesus has authority in your life and in my life. Whether or not Jesus has authority in this world. And, and by the way, he does. He has authority over everything. How do I know that? Because in Philippians, the Apostle Paul will say that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord. There's going to be a, a recognition of that authority at some point. The question is, is, are you going to do it now or are you going to wait? If you wait, there's a problem. But if we do it now and recognize the authority as in our life, it's only going to be for the better. It's not means that everything's going to get good, but it's only going to be the better for your life as far as your walk with Christ, as far as your relationship with Him. So we're going to look at this today. We're going to look at this whole question of authority from Luke chapter 20, verses 1 to 8. And it's, again, we're reading through the gospel. It's a story that you're familiar with, but we're going to try to take it apart here a little bit and see exactly what it is that Luke wants us to understand, because it does have implications for us today. It does have. Because here, listen to me. As you read his words, and as you begin and sense that the Holy Spirit is telling you something from his word that you need to do, you're at a crisis point at that moment. It may not be a big crisis, but it is a crisis point. Are you going to believe what he's telling you to do? And at the heart of that question is, does he have the authority to tell you to do it? Do you understand what I'm saying? So we're going to look here at this issue. Are we going to respond to his authority or are we going to be like these 
leaders who come to him. So let's look at verse 1 through 8. Now it happened that on one of those days, as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel, that the chief priests and the scribes, together with the elders, confronted him and spoke to him, saying, Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? And who is he who gave you this authority? But he answered and said to them, I will ask you one thing, and you answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? They reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he'll say, Why then did you not believe him? And if we say from men, all the people will stone us, for they are persuaded that John was a prophet. And so they answered that they did not know where it was from. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Here's what we can do. We can take these eight verses and kind of divide them into three sections here. We're going to see, first of all, in verses 1 to 2, the challenge. What's going on here is the leaders of Jerusalem, that's the chief priests, the scribes. Now, what's a scribe? Those are the ones who keep track of the law and so forth. And the elders. What are the elders? They're kind of like the town council. They're going to challenge Jesus. We're going to see that in verses 1 to 2. Then we're going to see Jesus. He's going to, he's going to reshape the question. So we're going to see the question reshaped. We're going to see that in verses 3 to 4. And then we're going to see what the real problem is. Verses 5 through 8. So let's look, first of all, at the challenge. Look with me at verse 1 to 2. Now it happened on one of those days that as he taught the people in the temple, he preached the gospel that the chief priests and the scribes and together with the elders confronted him. And they spoke to him saying, Tell us by what authority are you doing these things? Or who is he who gave you this authority? Here's a couple things I want you to see. Here's what they're asking. What right does Jesus have? That's the question they're asking. What right does Jesus have? Who do you think you are, Jesus? In particular, look at what it says there in verse 2. It says, doing these things. What things are they talking about? Number one, marching into town the way he did on a donkey, in a messianic fashion. Who do you think you are doing that? Number two, waltzing into our temple, disrupting temple life by cleaning out the money changers and, and cleaning out all the stables and stuff. That's disrupting the worship of the people. How are they going to change their money? How are they going to buy sacrifices? Who do you think you are, Jesus? What right does Jesus have? That's the question they're asking. Who gave you this authority? Folks, it's a pretty real question. Because when you think about it, can I be honest with you? Let me just stop for a moment. We've talked about this before. When it comes to church, a typical church, the longer it's there, develops its own rules of what they think people should be living right. Does everybody understand me? It usually happens. It just happens as a natural part of a church. You know, so you've got some churches where it's just assumed that everybody's going to be what? Dressed up to come to church. You know what it's assumed in our church? We already have a rule here. You know what our rule is? Dress down. Okay? And if you sh- and, and you know, because look, when people show up with a tie and a suit, people are like, we can tell they're not from here. They feel uncomfortable. So we've already developed our own culture here of what is acceptable. And what ends up happening is, is that usually when we think about that, we, we find it like those are just arbitrary. I can listen to them or not. I can excuse them away. But when you read the Bible and you read what Jesus tells you to do, 
or when the Holy Spirit takes the scripture and communicates something to you and maybe wants to readjust an attitude or an action on your part, I can almost guarantee you that you're going to be faced with a dilemma. And you're going to have an internal crisis going on in your life. For some people it's there, for some it's not. But for some of you it's going to be, who do you think you are telling me to do this? What right do you have to tell me to let go of this? I've been holding on to this thing or this attitude for this long. I've been living with it. What right do you have? This is what's going on here. He's coming in. He's doing some things that are messianic. And they're wanting to know, who gave you this right? What right do you have? Here's the second thing I want you to see. They're looking for a reason to reject him. See, when they're asking these questions, it's not because they're sincerely interested. It's not because they're like, wow, he came in on a donkey's colt. Wow, that's, that's kind of like Zachariah thing going on here, isn't it? Wow, he cleaned out the temple. Wow, he's really on fire for the Lord. Maybe we should follow him. Is he the one? That's not their attitude. Their attitude is the exact opposite. They were looking for a reason to reject him. What do you mean? Because if Jesus answered and said, God gave me this authority... They could claim that he was blaspheming and have him stoned. If he made some sort of messianic claim, they could report him to the Romans and say, we've got a usurper here. Take him to them and let the Romans take care of him. See, they're they're not interested in finding out for sure who Jesus is because they've already made up their minds, folks. They're out to get him. They want to get rid of him. And usually when you have someone, listen to me, when you have someone question the authority of God in their life, Who do you think you are, God, telling me to do this? Who do you think you are telling me that I need to give this up or give that up and don't do that? It's not because they're really interested in wanting to know the authority of God in their life. It's because they're looking for a reason to reject it. remember a few years ago, it was in my first church, we had this young couple show up in our church. And they weren't married. They were actually living together. And... And and uh, it's like, you know, after you come to church for a while, I don't immediately pounce on you. You know, that's not me. I don't do that. But after a while, I will go over and visit you. So I went with one of the men from the church who was friends with the guy. And so we went to their apartment to go and answer any questions they had about church. So we're sitting there in their living room. They're in this apartment complex in this city. And I'm sitting there talking with them. I said, oh, hey, okay, you guys got any questions You want to ask about our church, I'll be glad to answer them for you. So she says, okay, well, here's my question. How come you don't allow women preachers? Now, I was wise that day for some reason, which is unusual for me. And I said, that's really not the question, is it? And she broke down crying. I said, so what's the real question? Because I said, I just can't see that you're hung up on the issue of women preachers. And she said, I've been coming to your service now three weeks in a row. I've been hearing about this Jesus, and I want to know how I can have him, and I don't know how to have him, and I don't know what to do. That's my real question. And I had the privilege of praying with her to accept Jesus that day, baptized her later on. What was the initial question? She was fighting against God working in her life. She was fighting. And she was looking for a reason to what? Reject him. So she raised an issue of authority, of the word of God, of scripture, or whatever. As far as this whole issue about being a woman preacher. That wasn't the issue. That's not the problem. 
There's something else going on here. I'm telling you, folks, that was not me. I ain't that wise. But this is what's going on here. They're really not interested. They're looking for a reason to reject. You know what? When we begin to question the authority of God's word in our life and what he wants, and when the Holy Spirit guides us and leads us, when we're looking for a reason to reject, it's not because we're sincerely wanting to do what God wants us to do. It's because we're looking for a reason to reject it. Do you understand that? That's the issue. But I want you to notice something. Jesus, I mean, wow. Man, I wish I was as smart as Jesus. Jesus, he uses a tactic from their time. It's, what he does is not unusual for their time. It's all part of the debate scene. And rather than answer the question, he says, well, you know what? Let me ask you a question. He kind of reshapes the whole argument. He kind of gets to the heart of the issue. And look with me at verse 3 and 4. Look at what he says. And he answered and said to them, I will ask you one thing and answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from man? So here's what's going on here. Number one, I want you to see here, Jesus redirects the issue back to them. See, their thing is that they want to put it on him so they can find a reason to reject him. He's asking the question again. He's redirecting the issue back to them. He's bringing the issue right back to them and saying, well, you know what, hey guys, instead of me asking you that, why don't we talk about something we all know about here? That's John the Baptist. Was his baptism from heaven, from God, or was it just simply the actions of a man? So he's redirecting, he wants them to answer that question first. So he's redirecting it back to them. Here's the other thing I want you to see. The real question is their willingness to submit to God. Their real question here is their willingness to submit to God. That's what the issue is. That's what he's doing here. Because they all know what John did. When John came and preached, he preached that they should get ready for who to come? The Messiah. He preached a baptism of repentance that what? They should acknowledge the sins in their life and that they would recognize their sins, turn from it, be baptized in anticipation of the Messiah coming. They all knew that. They knew that was John's ministry. He was no charlatan. And so he's asking them, okay, now listen, what was his ministry? What was the basis for it? Was it from God or man? Why is he asking that question? Because he wants them to understand their own hearts. Are they willing to submit to God, or are they just doing their own thing? Are they willing to submit to God, or are they just doing their own thing? That's the issue. Folks, let me just tell you right now. Every time I read the Word of God, every time, I am confronted with me. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm confronted with me when I read the Word of God. What do you mean I'm confronted with you, George? I'm confronted with myself when I read it, and I'm confronted with my attitudes, my actions, my heart, and how I fall short of a living God in my relationship with Him. I can't read the Scripture with an attitude of, well, you know, I'm here just to find out what to teach them. No! I'm here to expose myself to your light and let it reveal the darkness of my life. And then here's what happens. The real question then is when I'm confronted that way, I don't need to say to him, well, who are you to tell me to do this? Jesus is saying to me, look, are you willing to submit to what I'm telling you to do? That's really the question. The question for all of us is, is are we willing to submit to what Jesus wants for our lives? That's the bottom line, isn't it, folks? 
And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I mean, I'm human. There are days when I don't want to. Because I want to hold on to it. You know what I mean? I want to hold on to the attitude. I want to hold on to the grudge. But guess what? The next time I read his word, guess what he's confronting with me again? Am I willing to submit to him? See, this is what he's doing. He's redirecting it back to them. You're going to challenge me, Jesus says? Well, let me ask you a question. Are you willing to submit to what God wants? I can already guarantee you they weren't. They weren't even interested in what God wants. They were interested in power and in control of money, what this life had to offer. But they weren't interested in what God says. In fact, through these questioning, Jesus kind of exposes what the real problem is. So let's look at verses 5 through 8. We're going to see what the real problem is. So he's asking these questions about John's baptism, so they have a huddle there. And you can almost kind of picture it. You can see a bunch of these old dudes with their terebrins on and their gowns or whatever, and they're like, oh man, okay, let's have a huddle. And they're all huddling up there, and you can see them kind of talking to each other, arguing to themselves, whispering to each other, trying to figure this out. And look at what it says there. Look with me at verse 5. And they reason among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, well, why then did you not believe him? Okay, there's that question of submission again. But if we say from men, all the people will stone us, for they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it was from. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Three things that stick out here. Three things that they're doing. Number one, they refuse to take a position. I mean, can you see these guys? You know what? If we tell him it's from heaven, he's going to immediately ask that question. Well, how come we didn't do what he was supposed, to, what he was saying? So they're caught. Do you, do you know what I mean? They're caught right off the bat. Like if we say it's from heaven, we're in trouble because we didn't listen to him. We didn't do what he said. Okay, but if we tell him it's not from heaven, we're caught again because we're going to have a whole bunch of people here ticked off because they all think John was a prophet. They're going to stone us. So we're in a bad way here. The best thing to do is tell them we don't know. So that's what they did. They took no position. They just want the status quo. Isn't that what we want? God speaks to us through his word, communicates to us what we need to be doing in our lives. We maybe raise that issue, challenge it, like, oh, who are you to tell me to do this, or why should I do this? And it's an issue of our submission to what God wants. But we want, we, we almost like, hmm, close that, I didn't read that today. That was bad pizza from the night before. I mean, we could come up with a whole lot of reasons, but we'll refuse to take a position. The position that we're talking about here is they just simply ignore it. Isn't that what we do? We just ignore what God's telling us. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because I know in a group this size, some of you here, God is communicating to you something. I don't know what it is, but he's been talking to you. Somebody here, he's been talking to you about something that he wants you to do. You've been reading in his word, you've been praying, and it keeps going to that, but you've just decided to just ignore it. You're not going to take a position on it. You've got to be careful. Because it really comes down to, are you willing to submit to what he's telling you? And do it. Are you? Hey, you know what? Here, let me just say this real quick. The number one way that I know that a lot of times is God telling me to do something is usually when he tells me to do something, it's not what I want to do. 
And usually when I do it, I'm getting ready. I was like, if I could find some way out of this. But then usually after I do it, I realize, oh, you know, Lord, this is you. You wanted this to happen. Because if I did it on my own, I wouldn't have never done this. And you would have never, this result never would have happened. It was all you, Lord. See, they refused to take a position. Here's what they, they did not want an answer. They did not want an answer. They, they didn't want to answer this thing. They didn't want to know the truth. They're just there to confront him because he's upsetting things. So there he is. He's saying, okay, you can answer me. No, we're not going to do this. We're not going to answer. They did not want to answer. And here's the third thing. They were not interested in the truth. What do you mean by that, George? Do you see how ingenious Jesus is? What do you mean? Think about what's just happened. He rides into Jerusalem on a cult in messianic form. The people are crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Luke says they lay down their garments. The other Gospels say they're laying down palm branches. All of it is a sign of the Messiah. Jesus shows up and he cleans out the outer court of the temple, the court of the Gentiles. All of this is messianic. So they're showing up, they're angry, and they're like, who do you think you are doing this? Who gave you this authority? Look at what Jesus does. He says, you know what, you answer me a question. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or man? You know what he's doing? He's reconfronting them with the truth of John's message. What? What did John say? Because they came to John. If you go back to Luke, they came to the beginning chapters of Luke. They came to John and said, are you the Christ? No. Who are you then? And he quotes that he is the what? The forerunner. That he was the one to prepare the way for the one to come. Do you understand the ingenious of Jesus here now? He's confronting them again with the message of John, which was a preparation that the Messiah is coming. He's coming! Remember what John said? Who's latchel on his sandal, like who I'm not even worthy to unloosen. One who's coming to, who's going to sift, who's going to cleanse. He's confronting them with the message. But here's the thing. They're not interested in the truth. Because if they just listen to what John was saying, John says, look, I'm preparing the way for the one to come. Well, he did, and he ended up dying. Within what? Here's the one who came. They're not willing to acknowledge it. They don't want to know the truth. Do you know what I'm saying? They don't want to know the truth. Man, I meet people like that all the time. Don't bother me with what the truth is. I just want to keep doing what I want to do. I meet church people like that. Don't bring the Bible into this. I already know what I need to do. Because God is the one who talks to us, who speaks to us. And the question is, is does he have the authority or not to do it? Am I willing to submit to it? But the problem is, can I be honest with you? Maybe for a lot of us, we're really not interested in knowing the truth of what he wants for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're really not interested in the truth because we maybe have already, can I say it, made up our minds We've already came up with our ironclad excuses for why we can continue to do what we're doing. See, this is what's going on here. They, they really are not interested. They were not interested in the truth. You say, okay, George, how do, how do we take this and how do we apply it to our lives? Well, here's a couple thoughts for you. Here's the first one, the question. 
And again, with these questions, I don't want you just blowing through them. I don't want you just writing down an answer. I don't want you to say, oh yeah, yeah, I got that one. No, I want, these are questions for you to think about during the week, to contemplate, to pray about, to really think about, digest. What's your reaction to Jesus? That's the first question, isn't it? What's your reaction to him? Does he have authority in your life? First of all, he does. Ain't no question about that. Might be in your mind, but there isn't. But see, the issue is, is are you going to let him have authority in your life? So that's where the issue comes up of what's your reaction to him. So I'm, I'm serious. You know what? How can you say that you know that somebody here God's speaking to him? Well, I'm not a prophet, nor a son of a prophet, okay? But I just know that God works in people's hearts, and I know that when you have this many people who come together who claim to know Jesus Christ, that God's speaking to somebody. He has to be. And for some of you, it's a wrestling match because you're not necessarily wanting to do what he wants you to do. So this question is for you. What's your reaction to him? Well, I love him. Yeah, but you know what? Love's got to go beyond just singing about him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. What's your reaction to him? Does he have authority or not? Here's the second one. Are you looking for a reason to reject him? Remember the young lady I told you about that I went over, we went to visit her, and she brought up this issue, this non-issue about female preachers, and that wasn't the issue. The issue was, is, Jesus was calling to her, and she was looking for a reason to what? Reject. Are you looking for a reason? Are you looking for a reason? I mean, it could be silly. I've been around a long time. I've been in churches, and I remember being in, in a, a church back when Lori and I first got married. This is 20 years ago, over in western PA, a little church and a big commotion going on. People are all excited, and I said, what's, what's, why is everybody all excited? And, and they said, oh, well, so-and-so came to church today. Really? Yeah. What's so exciting about that? Well, they haven't been here in ten years. Oh, really? Why? Well, her husband got mad at some guy, and, and they left the church. Wow. Is that guy still here? No, he's dead now. You mean they're still not coming to church and the dude's dead? Well, she's here. He's not. That's just a looking for a reason to reject. Are you looking for a reason to reject? So here's your action point. Because maybe you're here and you say, okay, all right, George. Yeah, he is speaking to me. Yeah, I recognize his authority. Now, what do I do about that? Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, this week, submit to Jesus' authority in your life. Whatever it is. Submit to him. What do you mean, submit to his authority? How do I know what it is? It's what he's talking to you about. It's what he's speaking to you through your conscience. It's what he's speaking to you through his word. You know what it is. He's talking to you about something. The question is, is are you going to continue to reject it? Are you continuing to look for a reason to reject it? Or are you going to come to a place of saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you told me to do. Help me to do it. That's your action point this week. For some of you, it's just simply maybe going to be praying for God to help you to do it. But let me encourage you to do it. Because the issue is, here's the bottom line issue, it's that dirty word. 
Does he have authority in your life? Or are you just like those Jewish leaders looking for a reason to reject? Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.